games and gamers together now have the sheer magnitude to be a significant unifying force for the world. If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. You are almost a jibble sandwich. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Be better. Check this out. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 2023 Biddy Awards. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bits, and also occasionally waiting very patiently in line at my local Donut King to get one of those fantastic strawberry glazed donuts. Pink Donut Life is the only life I want to be living. But yes, thank you so much for stopping on by. This is our last episode of 2023, and it's all about you guys. The Biddies is our entirely community-driven awards ceremony designed, shaped, and governed by the 8-Bit Nation and the broader video game and pop culture community. So every nominee you'll hear today and every winner you'll hear announced by our fantastic assortment of presenters is entirely decided by yourselves. So uh, yeah, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, cast your votes, get your love behind your favorite shows, video games, moments, characters, etc, etc. It has been our largest biddies to date. This is the third go around at this award ceremony. And the numbers of people coming out has been uh, very touching, very humbling to the extremely humble host, I guess you could say, because uh, yeah, y'all showed up. So thank you. I love you. Without further ado, here is our first category, anime of the year, presented by my dear friend and anime rival, Courtney. Over to you. Hi guys, my name's Courtney Borrow and I'm here to present the anime of the year award. If you don't know me already, I've been a guest on More Than Hentai twice. I host the anime trivia nights at Fortress Sydney. I'm the main anime writer for Kotaku Australia, I make anime TikToks, and I've watched almost 500 different anime series and movies. But enough about me. Let's see what you guys nominated for the anime of the year 2023. The first nominee was Attack on Titan. The series started back in 2013 and has four seasons. It was animated by Mappa, who are currently crushing it as a studio, with some absolutely beautifully animated series coming out in recent years. Despite this, Mappa staff have revealed their poor working conditions, with many being underpaid for their efforts. While we're here to celebrate anime, it's important to remember that the medium that we love so much is produced by people who deserve good working conditions and pay. The reason I bring this up is because MAPPA was also the studio that animated our next nominee, Jujutsu Kaisen. The latest season covered the Shibuya incident arc, which was nothing short of fantastic. As a non-manga reader, I was sitting at the edge of my seat every week while watching Jujutsu Kaisen, and I loved every moment of it. Our next nominee for Anime of the Year is One Piece. 2023 was a big year for Oda Eichiro's Shonen series, with the new game One Piece Odyssey, the successful Netflix live-action series, and an announcement for an anime remake next year, Luffy and his crewmates are continuing to sail the seas of success. Our second last nominee is a charming series about a spy, an esper, and an assassin. Spy Family continues to capture our hearts with a mix of comedy and sincerity. It's a fun series with a wholesome cast of characters that we just can't look away from. 
And our final nominee is another anime from Studio Mappa, Vinland Saga. The first season was animated by Wit Studio and was met with mixed reviews. But Mappa picked it up for season two and everyone is obsessed. But now, the moment you've all been waiting for, anime of the year, as voted by you. Coming as a surprise to mostly nobody, the 2023 anime of the year is Jujutsu Kaisen season two. While I'm happy that it was given this award, I'm still devastated about what happened to Nanami. He's my favorite anime daddy. Anyway, that's it. If you want to see more of my work or just want to hear me talk about anime, you can follow me on Twitter at Kotoni, that's K-O-U-T-O-N-I-I, or on TikTok at Kotoni, that's K-O-U-T-O-N-I. Thank you so much, Courtney. And again, congratulations to Jujutsu Kaisen. That second season is some of the best anime I have seen, not only in 2023, but over the last several years. So do yourselves a favor and check that out as soon as possible. Keeping things going at a very, very brisk pace here, we're going to jump right into TV show of the year, which is presented by Dashwater. Be sure to upgrade your hydration game today with an assortment of fantastic flavors from our friends over at Dashwater. It's the best and it keeps me cool, keeps me healthy and keeps me happy. But introducing to the stage, my friend, Benny McJanet, come on down. Thanks for that wonderful introduction, Brendan. And it's good to catch up with you. It's been a long time coming. We've, it's been a little while since we've had a good chance to have a chat and a chinwag and a catch up, but it, it's good seeing your smiling face and these wonderful awards times that you, you've dubbed the biddies. And I'm looking forward to the, um, the hitties coming up. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got it's, it's award ceremony season, Benny, so it's only appropriate that we get together to celebrate the uh, the latest and greatest in mm-hmm. the pop culture, gaming, and uh, anime universes. So uh, thanks for allowing me to join you here on this segment. Best television series of 2023. It's exciting. Well, like I was I was really excited to do this and I was just really happy, excited to have a chat with you because, like I said, it's been a little while and it's just a good chance for us to catch up offline as well as online. But when you sent me these nominations, I was um, a little bit perplexed because I thought I'd watched a good chunk of TV this year, but turns out I really haven't. So I, I'm <laughs> going to need you to give me some help with some of these nominations that we've got here on this list. Now, I have heard of all of these shows. I will be very honest. I've only watched one of them. It's one season that's been out for this year. Uh, so I'm going to need your help to kind of steer me through and just give, give me a bit of an idea of why I should watch these shows um, and maybe other people listening that haven't seen all these shows as well. Now, we'll start off the nominations. Uh, these are all in alphabetical order. Uh, we'll start off with Ahsoka, which is on Disney+. Plus. Now, Ahsoka is obviously a Star Wars uh, series. Now, my understanding is it's a pseudo-sequel to Star Wars Rebels from back in the day. Would that be a good good idea of what it is it, it's pretty accurate pretty accurate like what, what i've done mm-hmm. as the good student that i like to be sometimes is i've wrote some very brief summaries on all five of these just to sort of set the scene build out this world and hopefully create some intrigue and interest where yourself or the listeners might go you know what i've been on the fence about ahsoka or these other nominations but what you've said sounds pretty great so maybe i need to check it out so so yeah. uh, strap in because we're going to a galaxy right. far far away In the turbulent aftermath of the Empire's collapse, Ahsoka casts a radiant spotlight on the enigmatic former Jedi Ahsoka Tano. As she navigates a galaxy teetering on the edge of vulnerability, Ahsoka embarks on a relentless quest to uncover and thwart an ominous threat that looms on the horizon. 
with the forces her guide and her lightsabers at the ready she embarks on a gripping journey where the echoes of the past collide with an uncertain future all while the fate of an entire galaxy hangs precariously in the balance so ahsoka it's a 68 on metacritic so it's a oh, okay mixed score like 68 yeah, still I, was, fine. I i heard pretty good things about it actually i, I thought it was actually from what I heard, it, it rated pretty well. So 68 is a bit of a surprise. It seems a bit lower than what I would have thought. Yeah, sadly, one off, one off a nice score. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'd score it higher mm. than that. I'd score it probably mid to high 70s. If, you, if you're ranking it out of the Star Wars TV shows we'd had, would it be up the higher end of the category, like with Mando and uh, what was the like uh, Rebels spin-off? Andor, yeah, that's why. Andor for me, as far as the most recent live action TV stuff goes, is probably top of the pops for, for yep. me as a viewer. But Ahsoka is right up there. Like, um, it starts really strong. There is a couple of little lulls in a few of the middle episodes, but then it ends on some pretty high stuff too. And big bad that's in this, I don't want to mention it in case it's a spoiler, but it's it's mm. discussed everywhere and shown in all the trailers. But the big bad that presents itself in ahsoka is one of my favorite villains in all of the star wars universe and seeing them yeah, it, live action amazing stuff and, and from memory it's the same actor that did the voice uh work Correct. from the animated series Correct. way back when so i'm actually I, it is on my to watch list as a lot of stuff is these days because i just never catch up on anything i watched far too much anime and even then i'm not watching enough anime because i'm only watching the one series at the moment so we won't get into that because that's that's uh we'll save that one for the hit what is it the hennies or the hitties the hennies the hennies for the hennies we'll save that for the hennies <laughs> so the next one we had nominated on hulu the bear now i've heard a lot of really good things about this but i still don't really know is it a drama or is it an actual cooking show it's not a cooking show as in like a, a reality cooking show in the sense like it's a drama mm. based around the world of cooking. So so let me let me take okay. on the journey to the bear. Dive into the sizzling journey of Carmen Bizzardo, a prodigious culinary wizard abruptly yanked from the high tension cuisine realm to helm his family's humble sandwich joint, the revered original beef of Chicagoland. Haunted by a personal tragedy and the echoes of his brother's tragic passing, Carmen grapples with the tumultuous transition. Trading in the prestige of Michelin-starred kitchens for the chaotic heart and soul hubbub of a small family business, he faces a cauldron of fiery personalities among the obstinate staff. Amidst simmering familial tensions and the relentless grind of the shop, Carmen's quest for redemption intertwines with the savoury and bittersweet flavours of love, life, and legacy in this soul-stirring saga. So The Bear, highly regarded, 91 on Metacritic, it wow. is the highest scoring out of the list of five nominees we've got here. It is oh, wow. fantastic. It has got so much heart, so much soul, so much drama. Like there is some mm. heavy, heavy, heavy emotional moments in this series. The cast is amazing. We've got two seasons out now, and it is one of the best shows of television, not only this year, but from the last several years, in my opinion. So there was only season two that was this year. Correct, I, correct. I take yeah. it then. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So there's a couple of seasons to binge there. So, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and I, from what I've heard rumor-wise, and you don't have to tell me who exactly, but there's a fair few guest stars on the... The, the cast is very impressive, yeah. Like yeah. some of the, the people that might just be making brief cameos or that get introduced as broader members of the family in the friend circle. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's some Hollywood heavyweights that are joining this cast for small scenes larger moments but yeah it's it's some of the best television you'll see because there's some highs and then there's some very very low lows that just make you feel 
all kinds of bad things. And I mean that in a good way. Okay. Oh, I was definitely sounds like I've been told by a few people I need to check it out, mostly because of my love of cooking shows. Mm. So I probably should really check it out. Yeah. And the guy that's uh, the lead in that, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was on Shameless and he's in the new Iron Claw movie. Yeah. So Jeremy, Jeremy Allen Kerry. White. That's the one. Uh, yeah. He's playing Kerry from Kerry Von Eric in the Iron Claw movie. And everything I've seen of that looks fantastic from what he's done too. So I'm keen for that movie in the new year. But back to TV. The Last of Us mm-hmm. by HBO is the next nomination. Now, I actually did watch three episodes of this. And I fell off just because of when it was actually airing on TV. I was I had a lot of stuff going on in life or anything like that. So I wanna I wanna very quickly clarify because episode three, if I'm not mistaken, is the Bill episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anything to do with the Bill episode. I had no issues with it or anything like that. It's just it just happened to be external life factors took me away from the TV show and I was also watching a lot of, uh, again, anime, which we'll talk about shortly as well. (laughs) Um, So I know The Last of Us story, and I know kind of how it ends just being a gamer, uh, but would you say it's a very faithful adaptation of the the story from the TV show? I I really Uh, would. um, They do change some minor things here and there, but Mm. for the most part it is very close to a beat-for-beat adaptation from what we've experienced with the game so far uh, i was yeah. hesitant and i think the internet was hesitant at first a lot with the cat the casting decisions with joel and ellie but then seeing mm-hmm. bella ramsey and pedro pascal on screen as those two characters i'm like well hesitancy is out the window because they're phenomenal yeah. in those roles yeah and, and like i said from the first couple of episodes i saw it was really really great tv yeah um it was really good but uh like i said i just other stuff going on in life and that was probably going to be the only way i'd ever experienced the full last of a story anyway uh nothing against the game just wasn't for me i didn't enjoy the gameplay in the first one when it first came out and i did get up to basically where i got up to in the tv show as well funny enough but it was just one of those things so i was i was actually keen to watch it because i was like oh i get to actually experience all of the last of us story that everyone raves about these days because i just didn't enjoy the gameplay enough to push through for the story it's worth worth your investment. Like the first mm. season, great pacing. It stops to allow some of these smaller, more intimate emotional moments to marinate and hit you a little bit harder. There's some great mm-hmm. action and some great set pieces that are on display. Like the money that HBO and, and Sony have sort of thrown into this, you can see on screen. Like it's it's got a Hollywood budget behind it, Hollywood marketing campaign behind it. Like people well outside of the gaming space have watched this show and, and have loved it. And like it's scored 84 yeah. on Metacritic at time of recording. So it's, it's pretty well reviewed season two. And that been Bill confirmed. episodes rated as like one of the highest, epi- highest rated episodes of TV ever. Realistically, people rave about that episode. Yeah. It's, it was a beautiful piece of storytelling mm. and the cast outside of Joel and Ellie are all phenomenal. They've all been perfectly cast to play these characters and I can't wait to see what happens with season two and beyond because like anyone that's played the the two games so far have a pretty good understanding of what may or may not happen in the show unless they go really off script. Yeah. But I'm excited to see that translate to, to live action because they've uh, been swinging and hitting dingers so far with uh, this yeah. first season. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's move on to the next one because I've already alluded to it a couple of times. The One Piece live action adaptation on Netflix. Now, I, this is the only one that I've watched. <laughs> okay. And I have watched it. I've watched it twice. 
<laughs> I watched it once by myself when it first came out and then watched it again when I was over in Canada with my partner and she enjoyed it and loved it and everything as well. For me personally, One Piece, this is the anime that I was referencing as well because there's over a thousand episodes of this anime. And to be honest, the early episodes, and I love parts of the early episodes, but I also really hate the parts mm-hmm. of the early episodes, is they're very dated and you have to lean into the stupidity of the, the, the Looney Tunes aspect, the comedy aspect of it to really actually start to enjoy it. If you just accept it for what it is, you accept that it's dated and you lean into the, the Looney Tunes side of it, yeah, there's a good chance you'll enjoy the anime. That said, this One Piece live action ad- adaptation is easily hands down the best live action adaptation of a anime manga ever created. I don't think there's anything else out there that comes close uh, at present, anyway, that I've seen. And don't bring up Death Note. Live <laughs> oh, no, it is it is at the bottom of the scrap heap. Like, yeah. this, and this is the best live action anime adaptation that netflix have ever done because obviously they've taken mm. on some of the big ones you mentioned death note had mentioned cowboy bebop, cowboy bebop was last year which didn't do too well yeah like the western anime live action adaptations for the most part are pretty shitty very hidden the eastern ones though are great like anyone that's done mm. in the eastern market they are peak cinema and I'll, there are I'll some really good ones to the death on those ones but mm. yeah one piece is one of the better I'm trying to think of other ones. Like Ghost in the Shell was fine from an artistic standpoint, but it was still a yeah. bit messy. I really liked the Alita Battle Angel live action. Adaptation. I actually really enjoyed that one too, but it's like it, my only issues with that is it's like I know I'm never going to see the sequel. Hmm. It's I'm allegedly coming. Allegedly. <laughs> Are they ever even going into pre-production? I don't know. No, nah, James Cameron's too busy making a thousand Avatar films. But um, Exactly. I, I enjoyed this One Piece live action adaptation like it's a 67 hmm. on metacritic so it's it's scored probably appropriately i i enjoyed it overall more than i have been watching the anime like i'm about episode mm. 2010 now or 210 oh, wow. 10 so i've been chipping away and it's been a chore like you said benny the early stuff we're talking about something that's a quarter of a century old yeah and it's dated so the animation's dated the writing's dated mm-hmm. and the pacing can be good, but then it also wastes viewers' times a lot, in my opinion. Like, I could be oh, wrong. There's, yeah. there's One Piece tragics out there that love that it. That is but, One eh. Piece's biggest fault, and it's still a big fault. I, I crossed uh, the episode 900 mark the other day. It's still, a, it's still a problem even in episode 900, which is only a few years old. The pacing and the bloat they put into these episodes is probably the worst aspect of it. Mm. The writing's really good. Like, the 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 base overall story and everything there is really, really great. And they did just announce the uh, remake of the original East Blue Saga. Which I'm excited for because the animation is going to be good. Wit Studio is so Wit, good. that's right. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking Mappa, but it's not Mappa. It's, no, no. <laughs> no, they're too busy uh, abusing their staff, so they don't have time to do one no. piece. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, um, yeah, so I'm hoping that will really bring it up to modern standards and everything like that and more people can enjoy this fantastic tale. Uh, for what it is like you're up to 210 i think you've probably just finished sky pier and you're about to go into g8 yeah which is like a f- g8 is actually a filler arc but it's like one of the best filler arcs ever written well that's fine because i hated sky pier that that was yeah. the the it's a the hard arc that broke me like before that mm. i was vibrant and i'm like okay i'm in i'm understanding because uh, alabaster's now. fantastic arc yeah and it's then really got to sky arc, pier yeah. and i'm like what the fuck 
I hate but this. The, I'm out. The thing with so Skypea is it, it actually a lot of people realizing with Skypea now is that it it actually is foreshadowing a lot of the stuff that's happening now in the back end of One Piece as well. So I won't spoil anything there, but it's there's a lot of foreshadowing that happens in Skypea that leads to hints of what actually happens in Wano, the latest arc. Okay. Uh, that's just been animated as well. So, but anyway, back to the live action. Like you said, you're enjoying that a lot more, and it's very concise. It's eight episodes long. Uh, they did move some of the storytelling around with some of the characters. Like mm. some of their stories actually don't happen till much later in the actual manga and all that sort of stuff. But they moved it into here, and it, it's really, really well done. It's very truthful. Very, it's very truthful to the source material. It's it's honors the source material, and the casting is spot on they they are the straw hat pirates yeah i love the cast i love the uh the set pieces that they made mm. like the the actual physical sets as opposed to less reliance yeah. on cg uh was really cool and it was just absurd but it was fun and it knew its mission i feel like i said you lead in, you lean into that absurdity and you enjoy the comic relief that happens in it like just lean into it like just go for it and that's what makes one piece special mm but it was good yeah. it was good it was uh one of the better things i've watched this year yeah but yeah 67 like i enjoyed it more than the anime that i've watched so far but that doesn't say much for me in my <laughs> current taste yeah, well that, that, that's a good point that's a good point and lastly on our list of nominees uh succession uh from hbo now i keep hearing about succession i have a vague guess of what it's about but i honestly know nothing about this show is there anything you can sell me on this one have you actually watched this one as well i have i've completed the succession journey and um yeah so the story of succession is as follows in the gripping saga of the roy family titans of the media empire waystar royco high stakes battle rages for the reins of power with the family's patriarchs health in question cutthroat struggle for control of this global entertainment giant becomes a thrilling tale of ambition loyalty and betrayal so the short version of succession is the roy family uh media tyrants you know let's let's just say rupert murdoch or something like that the murdoch family who owns most of global media that's who the roy family are and the the head of the family logan roy getting a bit up there in age health issues starting to happen so he's got three children uh, a daughter and two sons and they're all vying for like you know what i'm going to take the lead here i'm going to become the next head of the roy family and, and take waystar royco into the stratosphere so there's a lot of backstabbing there's a lot of mm. um swerves and can't trust anybody and even though they're a family and they're in air quotes meant to love each other they pretty much despise each other for various reasons like they're not good people for the most part there's okay. not many redeeming qualities and, and assets that some of these family members have so it's just gritty high stakes political entertainment based drama uh yeah four seasons it's just wrapped up and it's really 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 good very heavy very um well written very well shot hbo's behind this so they've thrown a ton mm. of money behind it and it's just yeah. blown up all over the internet over the last four seasons, 85 on Metacritic. And um, yeah, one of the best shows of the last decade and this fourth season especially is one of the best pieces of viewing you'll get in 2023. Wow. It's it's definitely sounds like a show I should be interested in, but I just don't think that one's going to be for me, to be honest. But from what you're explaining to me is, is definitely something I should probably actually give a crack to. Hmm. Yeah, just, just watch like the first couple episodes, see if it's for yeah. you. 
Uh, it's, What's it's really cool. He says HBO. So yeah, so you watch it on binge here in binge. Australia. It is on binge. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. I've got binge. I can watch that. I, I might maybe I'll check that out once I finish Letterkenny later this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twelfth season done and dusted. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, I've been rewatching it all with my partner, so I'm keen to actually get up to season twelve so I can watch that final season, and then nice. we can nice. also watch some Shawzy too because I love I love. Shorzy as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so there are our five nominees mm. for uh, TV show of the year, Benny. That is it. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, my, my vote was for One Piece, which I think, you know, that that's going to be pretty obvious. It was the only one out of all those that I did watch. And I think the only the other one I probably would have voted for this year would have been Shorzy season two because I love, I love me some <laughs> Canadian <laughs> hicks and hockey players being silly, you know, assholes <laughs> but yeah so which one of these uh, would have been your vote out of the five if you had to pick one if i was going to rank them from say five to one with five being the back end of the list for me i'd go mm-hmm. one piece ahsoka succession the bear and the last of us those the bear and the last of us could tick tack or swap positions oh, depending yeah. on the day mm-hmm. but for me as a viewer that's that's how i'd rank those five well, I think the uh, 8-bit audience have probably agreed with you a little bit there anyway because, lo and behold, our winner, which you haven't even actually given me voting numbers here, so I'm going to assume by a landslide, The Last of Us, uh, they did win this and they, they took out the award. Also, uh, via game, uh, the Game Awards, they won Best Adaptation and everything mm-hmm. like that for this year. So it's no surprise, really. And like like I said when we talked about it, like that Bill episode was rated as one of the greatest episodes of TV of recent history. So I'm 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 no way surprised, and you know, like I said, it's it's something I'd love to get back to, and I'm really keen to actually finish watching it. I might rewatch those first three episodes again just to get myself back into that mood. But uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to the crew and uh, the actors at The Last of Us, and uh, look forward to a season two. Hell yeah, I cannot wait for season two and an award winner that is very deserving. Uh, yeah, The Last of Us my favorite tv show of 2023 also so shout out to the 8-bit nation for making that happen but um mm-hmm. i gotta run because i got more awards to introduce Ooh, yeah. no worries well until then i'll uh, give you a bit of cheers for my dash water and i'll uh see you in the next one water bubbles and wonky fruit forever it, and always <laughs> cheers mate wait thank you for that fantastic chat there benny we went far over time as is tradition, anytime we get on the microphone together. But also, congratulations to The Last of Us, an absolute juggernaut here at the Biddies and a favourite among many award voters out there, it seems. So let's move on to Movie of the Year, presented by one of the fantastic Hungry Gamers residences from this past 12 months. Buddy Watson, come on down, my friend. Forget the Golden Lion, Golden Globes, the Grand Jury Prize, the BAFTAs, the Oscars, the Palme d'Or, or the much-coveted MTV Moon Man. It's time for the big one. The award every filmmaker dreams of winning as a child. The 8-Bit Biddies, baby! Now, after much extensive deliberation, the community has voted. Some watched a few movies, some asked AI or Googled it, or others even threw darts at Blu-ray cases blindfolded. So here are the nominees for Movie of the Year in the 2023 Biddy Awards. Barbie. Directed by Greta Gerwig. Godzilla Minus One. Directed by Takashi Yamazake. John Wick Chapter Four. Directed by Chad Stalski. Oppenheimer. Directed by Christopher Nolan. 
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. And the winner is... La La Land! Wait, hold up. Um, I'm getting word that the winner isn't La La Land. What do you mean it wasn't a nominee? Think about this, you. It, it came out when? 16. Like 2016. Well, how does that, how does this happen? Because you're an idiot. This isn't live, is it? I don't think so. We can edit this out, right? Maybe. We can edit it out? Probably. Okay, all right, cool. And the winner is Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. Thank you very much. Um, this is a tremendous honor. Very grateful. To... All right, that's enough, Chris. Wrap it up. We have so many trailers and announcements to make and products to advertise. Uh, maybe some other awards uh, if we get time. And to no one's surprise, Oppenheimer takes that one out. Great film, very, very long film, but uh, fantastic portrayals. And to think that it is based off a true story kind of makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable to know just how many bad, well, not bad people, but how many bad things happen out there from these crazy, very intelligent men and women of the world. But we don't want to get too political here. We don't want to get too controversial. So let's jump right on into moment of the year with another one of my THG residences here, Mr. Matt Tilby. Come on stage to present Moment of the Year. Yes. Hello, everyone. Matt Tilby here presenting the biddy for Best Moment of the Year. There were some really big moments in games, movies, and pop culture in general. So I'm excited to present my first award for 8-Bit. And I'm not doing it alone. Um, I have brought along a special guest. You may have heard of the news recently regarding the finals and how they used AI for voiceovers. Now, I thought you know, you know, uh, you know, it might be a good idea to get someone in who's been in the news and, and had a moment of their own to, to come and present with me. So here he is, uh, Daniel. Uh, welcome on in. Well, thank you, Matt. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to present the bitty for best moment. What was your favorite moment of the year, Matt? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there was a lot to really think about, wasn't there? You know, like I loved Zelda's, uh, I love Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and, and the wackiness of, of Mario Wonder. Uh, and seeing it across the Spider-Verse in the cinema was a big one for me in film. No love for the finals? You know, I was in it, right? Well, yeah, but the idea of having AI voiceovers was uh, actually a really controversial point in gaming and how people perceive the work that voice actors do. Hey, us disembodied voices got to work too. I, I get that, but look, let's just reveal the nominees, okay? Fine. So the nominees are Barbenheimer, that is of course Barbie and Oppenheimer, the two big movies that came out this year. Uh, playing as Venom in Spider-Man 2, the freedom the players got in Baldur's Gate 3, the opening skydive in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and the We Sing sequence in Alan Wake 2. So, Daniel, what do you think? I mean, it's a, certainly a big selection of moments there. I'm not really happy that the finals isn't in there. Barbenheimer? Really? What? Those movies were huge. Why did I agree to this? Uh, anyway, 
ladies and gentlemen, the winner for best moment of 2023 is the We Sing sequence in Alan Wake 2. A huge congratulations to the Remedy Games team. Needs more AI voiceovers. Okay, that's it from me and my special guest, Daniel. Uh, it is time to move on to our next category. Fucking AI voiceovers. Um, a little bit hypocritical there, Tilby, to uh, bring a co-host in from that realm. But hey, it was a good old time. And shout out to Alan Wake 2 and those legends over at Remedy for delivering one of the best games and also the best moment of 2023. Now, I'd like to welcome one member of the Snack Daddy Crown Hunters squad, Mr. Trevor Scott, also one half of the Bitstorm podcast, to present Best Character of 2023. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful... Ben Slinger. <coughs> Alex Krauss. But yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. Yeah. Uh, so, Alex... I didn't expect to see you out here. <laughs> yeah, no, lack security this year, you know. Uh, we're out here to present uh, Character of the Year, and I just thought I'd come as one of my famous characters. Yeah, yourself. Uh, what do you do with Ben? He is indisposed, which legally I've been told is the only word I can use to describe the situation. Indisposed. Great. Okay. So, yeah, we're out here doing Character of the Year, and, of course, character is very important to you and I as improvisers you more of an in a professional sense than me i mean don't downplay yourself i mean look we all love our characters i love mario from super mario wonder i love nabbit from super mario wonder i mean he stole coins but then he stole our heart but what about princess daisy from super mario wonder i love princess daisy okay we're gonna list them out Princess Daisy's up there pretty high. I mean, look, the leap from the sports universe into the mainline Mario series is, it's inspirational. I hope to make that leap myself. It's inspirational, yeah. Uh, so we're actually out here to to present a few characters and then present the nominations and then, you know, present the winner of, Are we of first? this character of the year. Do we have to describe so... how an award show works? They know how it works. We say the noms and then we say the winner. Do you think they get it? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I'm really like, not sure. Because what if they don't understand? Okay, well, maybe we'll explain it again. Yeah, so we're going to say the names, but they don't all win. It's one of them's going to no. be the winner. One of them wins. So hold your applause at home. And it may be the first one. It may not be the first one. It may not. And the list doesn't decide which one. It's not like... But between, which order? It's between, not, it's between, not ordered. Between you and me, I mean, the first one's going to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's first on the list, it's going to win. <laughs> it's, but we, we've, we've got to make it not sound like, you know, the, the fifth one is, is you know. I mean, these are in that's, order of that's the one that... best to worst. Like, I changed the order, so it's best to worst. <laughs> oh, no. So, first nomination, we have Asterion, Baldur's Gate 3. By Larian Studios. We have Bill, The Last of Us, live action television series by Naughty Dog slash HBO. We have Chai, Hi-Fi Rush. That was an awesome game. Uh, oh, can we editorialize? I didn't know. Uh, Sega Anderson, cool dude. <laughs> Alan Wake 2. Songbird, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. And this year's winner is... Yeah, you've already been given it away by by Alex. Asterion, Baldur's Gate 3. 
So anyway, oh, the, the music's playing itself. Uh, dude, what'd you do with Ben, really? He is indisposed. Like, indisposed? What does that mean? It means he's okay. He's safe. No, I'm getting the no. I can't okay. say that. I can only say indisposed. He's indisposed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, good night. Uh, we love this city. Well, I'm not surprised. I wish I won Best Character personally. I have had quite the year myself, but it pales in comparison to what they did with Baldur's Gate 3. Anastarian, he is one of the stars of 2023. Everybody has been thirsting for that fair-haired vampire to sink his fangs right into your neck or other regions. So, uh, yeah, very, very well-deserved. Okay, listeners, we all love a good story. We're always hungry for a fantastic narrative. So I figure it's best to bring on the most handsome man within the video game podcasting scene, the farmer who's got a wife. He doesn't want a wife. He's got a fantastic family and does fantastic things over on the House of Mario podcast. Mr. Drew Agnew, come on down. G'day, everyone. I'm Drew Agnew from the House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, and I'm popping by the biddies to announce the best narrative for 2023. As you can tell from the rest of the show, it has been an amazing year for video games and it is the stories that immerse us in these worlds and make us fall in love with memorable characters for the rest of our gaming careers. So the nominees for Best Gaming Narrative are Alan Wake 2 by Remedy, a sequel that clearly demonstrates how far Remedy has come since the original cult classic released in 2010, Baldur's Gate 3 by Larian, launching into early access in 2020 and now taking the gaming community by storm with its limitless choices and impressive RPG systems, Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty by CDPR. After an awful first impression, Cyberpunk 2077 finally lives up to the hype with its new expansion and 2.0 update. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom by Nintendo. Taking feedback from Breath of the Wild, Nintendo placed great emphasis on story as Link explores the land of Hyrule to uncover what happened to Princess Zelda and Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac, a heartfelt story with best-in-class set pieces. But of course, out of all these great games, there can only be one winner. And if you watched other award shows, you know there's a certain game that swept everything. And uh, I don't know if that's going to happen in this award show, but it certainly has one best narrative. It is Baldur's Gate 3. So congratulations to Larian. And um, I just want to thank everybody for your time and uh, Brendan for having me on the show. So enjoy the rest of the awards and I'll catch you later. Thank you so much, Drew. And I completely agree. Baldur's Gate 3, crushing it in every way, shape or form. All right. So I talked about the Fortnite Snack Daddy Squad, which myself, Trev, Scotty, Garbs, Nasi, and a host of others that are coming in and out of the Snack Daddy Squad, we're out there, we're playing together, because playing together is quite often the most memorable and funnest gaming experiences that I believe you can have. And this next category fits perfectly into that train of thought. Best multiplayer, come on down, Mr. David Shack and Ash, aka Smash FXN, my muscle mama, to announce the nominees and the winner for best multiplayer of 2023. Hey. Hi. We're here. We are here. It's the biddies. It's the biddies. This is the it's- fanciest award show. 
honestly, it's the one I look forward to the most. What's your award show clothing? Well, okay. Apart from, look, let's ignore the fact we're both wearing gym gear. Okay, shush. But theater of the mind. I have a PAX shirt on. You do. So I feel like I'm killing it. You are ready for the biddies. I'm ready. I'm ready for the biddies. I'm here for it. You are rocking Orange Cassidy. Which is, you know, it's pretty close. It is. It's very close. So I, I like it. My wrestler of the year, if that's, is that the category we're doing? Maybe. Wrestler of the year. <laughs> we are not doing wrestler of the year. Nominees um, are whatever. <laughs> whatever. I love it. Um, we are here for the biddies, of course, 2023. Yes, that's this year. That's yes, this year that, that is happened. this year. Um, can't believe we're saying that. And this is obviously entirely decided by the votes from the 8-bit audience. Yeah. Which is and- us. Yeah, we decided this. It was just you and I. It, I'm yeah, pretty it was sure. Literally just you and I. We're just going to we, decide. We this. run this whole is this thing. This how it works. Like we just read it off and then we decide. I love we're the it. audience. It's amazing. Um, but no, I'm really excited because we get to do. Well, I think it's very fitting for us. It's best multiplayer. Yeah, and you know us. We love a multiplayer game. We love a multiplayer game. Love a as multiplayer game. As long as it's just with us. Not with well, randoms. I, yeah. Even if it's not randoms, David, you know, I just get scared. Yeah. I get scared to play with anyone, not you guys. Stranger I'm sorry. Stranger danger, everybody. Stranger danger, even though they're technically not strangers, I just panic, okay? It's the introvert inside of me or outside of me. I don't know. Um, But yeah, David, let's go through the nominees. Okay, so best multiplayer. Multiplayer. Multiple Woo-hoo. players can play these Multiples. games together at the same time. Cohesively. Well, <laughs> really? Not usually, Have no. we ever played no. a multiplayer game? Not, not at all. Not at this all. This is exactly how the Oscars go, by the way. Oh, yeah. They're pretty much already playing us off stage with the music and we haven't even said anything yet. Oh, that's just rude. Okay. The nominees, nominees are... <laughs> no, no, no drum roll, just nominees. No, no drum roll. I can't Baldur's Gate 3 from Larian. Nice. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. From Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, and Raven. Uh, you know how I feel about Call of Duty. Yeah. Well, Sorry about it. We'll get into that in another podcast. We will. We've only got a certain amount of time. This can't we be do. a four-hour thing. <laughs> have you played Baldur's Gate? You haven't played Baldur's Gate? No, I have not. I think I'm the only person in this entire universe that has not played Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but in saying that, I just got my PC like a month and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. So there's plenty like of time. Jared, Jared is literally, my yeah. husband is in there right now playing. Yeah. He's he's deep. <laughs> and I think I had I think I said yesterday I've got like 180 hours in 180 hours. Well done. So it's part of game. that was multiplayer and it's very, very good. It's very, very from good. what I've seen and from what I've heard, amazing game. Amazing game. Uh Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Yep. Diablo 4. We definitely had a go at that, didn't we? We had play by Blizzard. Activision yes. Blizzard. Is it still Activision Blizzard? Blizzard? Did Microsoft buy them? I don't know. I, mean, I think look, I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Blizzard of some kind. Uh, Fortnite from Epic Ooh. Games, which again we've played. We have played. Um, we obviously have to thank our beautiful friend Witch for for inviting us, us to play. Yes, um, we actually had a whole podcast with them talking about it. Yes, um, I suck at the game. I suck at it, but it is a lot of fun. It's very fun. And you know I me, have, I don't like those types of games, but I have fun with that one. I have a Catwoman skin, classic uh, Jim Lee Catwoman. I'm a hot who dog. Has a wiener on a stick. Yes. And also has the cat from Alien in a backpack. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, what I look forward to the most with that game is the the snuggies that we get beforehand. Oh, the hug? Yeah. 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 So it's always good to just hug it out before you. I like to snuggie before. Yeah, it's great. Always remember to thank the bus driver. Always thank the bus driver. And 
And the last one, last nominee? Lethal Company from Zika's. Okay, David. Yes. We just started playing this game literally like two days ago. Yeah. It is amazing. I'm it, having a blast. It's so fun. It's so much fun. It's terrifying, but in a fun way. Yep. And there's actually a very healthy uh, modding community out for Lethal Company as well, where you can nice. add like more than the four player limit. You can add multiple different colors of costumes. Love that. I just saw uh, somebody playing where there was a mod where you can find a cat in one of the rooms as well. So you have to rescue Stop the it. cat. <gasps> um, there's extra dances they've added. So there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of ways of just like the vanilla game. You can expand it on it, and it's That's only amazing. In, in early access as well. So they're Hopefully, they're going to be expanding on the game. Fabulous. Well. I love that. Okay. That's great. Those so are, are some nominees. great. Those are some great nominees. Again, I have only played one, two, three, three of them. Yeah. Baldur's Gate I 3. I played three of them. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Diablo 4, Fortnite, and Lethal Company. That's, those are the nominees. They're pretty good games. Pretty damn good games from For multiple player. players Absolutely. at the same time. Absolutely. But we can only have one winner, David. Can we, though? I reckon we could probably have multiples. We well, I mean, we are, we are running this, remember? This is only us. This yeah, this is, is only, only us, us. Voting. We can just, we can just, we don't even have, look, there is actually a winner that was. The, we this, have taken over the biddies. That I have um, inside an envelope here. You do. Can we open it? Yeah. Can yeah. we open it? Open got, up the envelope. I've got my envelope here. I do feel like I need like a trumpet or something. <laughs> oh, yay, yay. Get it, get it, get it. Get it, get it. Ooh. That was the most anticlimactic, like, pull out of an envelope ever. It really I think was. It was the opening re- was the more yeah, exciting part. The opening was great. Needed, like, the, the Zelda, like... Yeah. <laughs> That's what the I winner mean. Like, we need something. Is... The winner. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner. Of the 2023. Multiple player game. Best multiplayer. Oh, David. 2023. As voted by the APIC community. Yes. Is. Give it to me. Fortnite! Um, I honestly, honestly, I would have to agree with that. Um, again, great game, fun game, ridiculous things. Props to them for you know still being the best multiplayer game of 2023 in like years after release. They've just gone back to classic or vanilla as like. They've just got everything. They think about things. They change everything. They keep it fresh all the time. Um, you've got all your IP integration, so you can, you know, be John Cena or you can be the alien or you can be You can't like, see whatever. me. You can't see me. That's the best skin because it's you're amazing. I don't know. I like my hot dog hands. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a Batman one. That's amazing. Um, yeah. See, I just feel like it's one of those games that they just, they keep adding to it, but not in a way that you get annoyed with it. Yeah. Like they keep adding yeah. to it to make it fresh and fun and and it feels new. So I just but without changing too much where you're like, OK, I don't like this new shit. Yeah. I mean, but so, at the moment, they're doing a Lego integration where they've got a survival mode with Lego. But you can do building of like that is amazing. kind of like Val, Valheim with Legos, but it's pretty funny. David, I think we're going to play Fortnite soon. We should play. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We're doing that as little Lego people. But anyway, yes, that amazing. is 2023's that is best multiplayer. Congratulations to Fortnite. Congrats, y'all. Epic Games. Yes. Amazing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. We did so well at this. Brendan's so going to invite us back next yeah, year. Yeah, fuck yeah. Brendan, we got this. We smashed it, but we are taking over the biddies. Sorry about it. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. And no, no, I did not rig the nominations and the votes to see Fortnite take home the W here. 
it is very well deserved because Epic are firing on all cylinders. Their constant updates, their constant refreshing of a formula that is fun and familiar yet always feeling new is unheard of in the multiplayer space. So uh, yeah, kudos and may you all see crowns in your future because there's not many better feelings than taking home the dubs and maybe dropping a cheeky emote in doing so. All right, moving into the third last category of the 2023 biddies, I'd like to welcome my friends Jesse and Joel to the stage to present Indie Darling of the Year. Is that a good Chuck Fresh impression? Probably not, but we're going to keep it anyway. To present the biddy for the best indie of 2023, please welcome to the stage from the Love Letters podcast, Jesse Munro, and from Dalek Options, Mr. Joel McDonald. Why did they put us at the back? Joel, do you have the notes? Um, the notes? I, hang on. I think... Uh, yep, no, I think okay. Skittles, no. <coughs> Webster's Dictionary defines indie as a large peninsula region that is usually referred to as a subcontinent and is located in southern Asia, south of the Himalayas, between the Bay of Bengal and the Arabian Sea. To be the indie of the year, a game must be made by a small independent studio except for the instances where that is not the case. Now, Joel, it has been a big year in the indie space with many smaller studios keeping up with the big AAA studios in regards to quality, storytelling, and layoffs. But for real, beyond the horror that has unfortunately occurred at some studios, we have seen an amazing output of titles in 2023. From the tropical bliss of cheer and the human hurting of humanity, to the Max Payne-inspired badassery of El Paso elsewhere and haunting beauty of Hollow Knight Silk Song. Uh, <clears throat> um, wait. No. Wait, what? No, no, no. Wait, still not out. Not what yet. do you mean still not out? It was working about years ago. I'm a notes. All right, I'll just, I'll just, can somebody just copy that note for my indie of the year 2024? Well, anyway, there can only be one indie bitty handed out, so let's look at our nominees. Roll the tape! World premiere. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, hey, hey, whoa, 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 wrong one. The other one. Philip, uh, the other yeah, one. Yeah. Put the other tape Yeah. In. No, no, we don't do world premieres anymore. What do you mean there's no tape? Jeff Keighley gets a tape. It's an audio medium. Joel, you just do it. The nominees for the 8-Bit Biddies Indie Game of 2023 are Cocoon, Geometric Interactive. Dredge, Black Salt Games. Lethal Company, Zekas. Sea of Stars, Sabotage Studio. Thanks, I have a lisp. <laughs> Viewfinder, Sad Owl Studios. I think before we get to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this, I think we need to you know, have a look at these games. So uh, starting with Cocoon... Uh, it's a puzzle adventure game made by ex-Playdead devs. Uh, so the guys that made Limbo and Inside. Um, you, you play as a little beetle. You roll around a little ball. look like a little dung beetle. You can roll around balls, uh, which are also like universes, and you can go into those, and it's sort of like this weird Inception kind of vibe. It's a big babushka doll. Yeah, basically, yeah. But you're going through universes. Um, yeah, you're trying to sort of gather clues and piece together what's going on here and... Uh, unravel the mystery that's lying at the center of the universe. If you come up to me and say, hey, there's a game coming out made by the guys who made Limbo and inside one of the greatest games ever made, and it stars a big bug boy rolling around the universe, that's how you get my attention. That's how you lure me into a van. It's it, 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 To me, it seems as like, hey, did you ever watch Men in Black? It's like, yeah. Did you ever want to go inside that little, like, Orion's Bell. Yes. Bell. This, you got a game for you. It's called Cocoon. 
I like that at least somewhere someone is doing multiverses right. I mean, look, we're, we are inundated with multiverses at the moment, so it's it's nice to see someone having a crack at it from a different perspective, I guess. Uh, I also absolutely adore the the art style and the music sounds really good in this game. Yeah, as well. the music's really, really, really lovely. Um, yeah, fascinating concept. So yeah, definitely want to go check out. Moving on to our next nominee, which is Dredge by Black Salt Games, a fishing game set in a world of unspeakable horror, uh, which is uh, setting the stage for a chilling tale. Um, mild pun there because of the uh, the DLC that they oh, released nice. as well. well um, nice. But uh, yeah, this is a. It also has the inventory system for like Resident Evil Four, so like, absolute winner. Like, love that. If you've heard me on any video game podcast this year, you have heard me absolutely gushing over this game. It is incredible art style, tone, the the mystery itself. It gives you just a few little breadcrumbs of story, but you absolutely grasp onto them. It literally baits you, which again, pun. We're full of puns today. Love it. Love it. Um, Joel, do you f- have you been fishing much? Are you a fishing person? Because you, you're currently sitting in a fishing chair. I am actually, yeah. Funnily enough, I've been fishing like twice, three times maybe. Actually, I went up. One of them was like a, one of those like fishing charters that you go out around like St Kilda Beach. Um, and that was fun. Like I enjoyed it. It's not something that I I know how to do on my own back. I need someone there to do all the the admin. But yeah, like I like fishing. Fishing in video games, though, I do enjoy. So this was always like something that was on my radar. If there's somebody out there who's good with fishing rods, I guess, and like app creation, can somebody please make a fishing reel that is actually just the mini game that you play in Dredge to bring up fish? Ooh. So like Mark Robot, I know you're listening. Please get to work. <laughs> yeah, like everything you said, like I completely echo the same sentiment. Um it's a, phen- a phenomenal game worthy of being on this list for sure. Uh, made me feel so unsettled in such a cozy way, which is something I never thought I'd say. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you, Black Salt Games. Uh, moving on to our next nominee, we've got Lethal Company by Zekas. Uh, this is a game that sort of exploded over the, the last couple of months, uh, really blown up uh, in the streamer space. It's a co-op survival horror game. And it sees players working for the company, the company, in inverted commas. Uh, and you're sort of collecting scrap from abandoned industrialized moons and things like that. Uh, and obviously hijinks ensue because these places don't seem to be as, ab- as abandoned as maybe you're led to believe. Um, all I keep seeing about this game as well, every time I see someone talking about it, it's, it, it is just as funny as it is scary. Like... The stuff that happens will just be so outlandish and will, like, make you crap your pants, but, like, it's fun while you're doing it. I think because players are given so much freedom and because it is so appealing to, like, streamers and just, like, a bunch of mates having a few drinks are going to play the shit out of Lethal Company. Mm-hmm. And, like, it has, like, the goofy physics and, like, the graphics are a little bit goofy and stuff like that. It lends itself so well to that surprise horror Mm-hmm. Where you are very, very comfortable, and then yes, like you said, you piss your pants. Mm-hmm. You shit your pants. You do something to your pants. It's not good. It's both most of the time. Yeah, this looks so fun. And you mentioned the big um, Starship Troopers vibes. Yes, absolutely. Like if you if you watch like sort of the the launch trailer for it as well, 
because um, this game in early access, in, in, in early access, so they're still sort of working on it, adding things to it as well. Um, but the trailer for it, yeah, has very Starship Trooper vibes. Like this sort of I'm like, doing my part. Yeah, like enlist now, do your part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, I think this game's going to go like through the stratosphere next year. Well, I plan on spending a lot of time on it. This could be the game that actually gets me to play games on PC, which is Ooh. a big deal. The last game to do that was Age of Empires 2. So, all right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, moving on to our second last nominee today, we've got Sea of Stars by Sabotage Studios. Um, this is uh, Sabotage, are the, uh, the, the team that made The Messenger, uh, which is like a, an amazing, like, 8 bit slash 16 bit uh, platformer that was like on my top 10 list of that year i can't remember what year it came out but i remember it being in my top 10 so i was very excited for this um a little bit of a change of pace this time because it's like a a, an ode to like snes jrpg uh so think chrono trigger pretty much like and you're in the pretty much the same ballpark um it's also got like the active uh like so it's turn-based battles but you've got the active elements to it too where you can sort of buff up attacks by like using button inputs and things like that um and i really like that in a turn-based rpg as well set in the same universe as the messenger don't know how apparently there's a few references here and there but apparently same universe yeah it's just got it's got great characters the music is phenomenal sabotage are just knocking it out of the park with their soundtracks they're two for two so far in my book i'm gonna bring some controversy i don't think this game should be in the nominees because it's not a game it's fucking art (laughs) <laughs> the game looks beautiful. Yeah, it I does. I haven't played it personally, but I've seen a fair bit of it. I've heard some of the soundtrack, which, like you said, is absolutely stunning. And basically, every one of my mates who's played it has lost their shit over it. Absolutely adores it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I I have yet to finish it myself, but I've sank quite a few hours into it, and it's very very good. Worth worth your time, one hundred percent. And our last nominee today is Viewfinder by Sad Owl Studios. Uh, this is like a, a puzzle game uh, where you're using a like a camera to frame up different shots and then use the shots that you've taken to sort of like change the environment around you and solve puzzles and work your way through. Uh, there is a narrative there about um, scientists doing experimentations and that's why this space exists and then finding out why they were doing those experimentations and so on and so forth. Um, it, it, this was one of those games that you sort of see in action and you go, wait, hang on, hang on. Did it's that so just happen? It's so hard to explain, isn't it? And it is really hard to explain, especially in, in an audio format without any visual representation whatsoever. But it's, yeah, it is, it's one of those ones that sort of like makes you go, oh, this is what games can do. This is really cool. This is some cool stuff. If, if you're listening to this and you haven't played the game, just imagine photos, but doors. Yep. They were yeah. trying to you take yeah it's just a passageway plus from what I've seen it has quite a compelling story it it does hit the you know how all indie game all good indie games hit that nail off it makes you think and now you're sad yep it has that it it seems to nail it yeah I'm yet to play it myself as well but I'm very excited to get to it but now the moment we have all been waiting for and the biddy for the eight bit indie game of 2023 goes to Moonlight. Oh, I have, I, did you get the right envelope? I think. Is it? I don't I'm think that's. I'm gonna. I don't think that's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire Philip. He's done. Give me the envelope. Give me the. Don't don't apologize. Give me the envelope. Okay. 
the winner of the biddy for the 8-bit indie game of 2023 goes to Dredge and Black Salt Games. Unfortunately, Black Salt Games were not able to be here to accept this award. So in their stead, please welcome to the stage the breakout star of Dredge, the infinite abyss of the sea. What does that sign say? Please wrap it up. I am the abyss. I am the- where you- don't take me- get- Whoa, 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 get off the stage, big fella. Go enjoy the alcohol-free punch. What a worthy winner. Yes, a worthy winner indeed. But you can call us a half-eaten kebab because it's time for us to wrap it up. Yes, that's us for the evening as we've just been acquired by Microsoft. But thank you for having us and enjoy the rest of the 2023 biddies. We're your hosts, Jesse and Joel, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Mwah. Can you kiss at awards? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dredge, Black Salt Games, New Zealand brothers over there crushing the indie space. I love this constant influx of ANZ-based talent continuing to punch well above their weight class and deliver games that are fantastic and that are also recognized not only locally through the biddies, but also globally with our peers and our uh, constituents all over the world. So Dredge, Black Salt Games, very, very deserved. All right, let's shift focus. We're going to now turn towards the future and see what everyone out there is thirsting for in 2024. Zach from News to Reviews, another fantastic podcast out there doing great things. Check them out. Come to the stage and announce the nominees for Most Anticipated of 2024. Hey, it's Zach here from News to Reviews. And I'm Anthony from What Do You Think About This? And Brendan has given us the honour of getting to announce the nominees and the winner of the Most Anticipated Game of 2024. Such an exciting category to get to do. We get to look forward to the year that is 2024. It's always a lot of fun. Now, I thought we'll do do it a little bit differently here, Anthony, and rather than mm. just you know listing off the nominees and then uh, announcing who the winner is, I'll we'll go through the, who the nominees are, and then I'm I'm curious to see who uh, which is your most anticipated game out of these nominees here, and also which one you think is going to be the winner, the one that the eight bit community has decided. So here are our nominees. We have Dragon's Dogma 2. You do not remember? Then have you forgotten that you protected me from the dragon's flames? You need only believe in your own destiny. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The world's ending. At least, that's what everyone's saying. The sky... I don't like it. Hades 2. Good. Not good enough. We can but learn. And the greatest teacher is out there. Hellblade 2. I can see us. What is going to happen? It's time to find out. How can we make it happen? And Star Wars Outlaws. But it 
it's a big galaxy out there, and I'm gonna risk it all. Ooh, it's a good list. It's a very good so, list. <laughs> I'm I'm so curious, Anthony, to, to start off with, I think we'll go with uh what is your pick out of these? What is your most anticipated from this list here of games? I I think my personal most anticipated out of this list is Hades 2. Um even though it will be an early access on PC, so it'll be a very different experience uh from what I played, you know, the complete game on PlayStation. It's such an incredible uh, original game, and if the developer uh, can continue, you know, making another great game, yeah, I'm all for it. I think I don't know if there is any. Not that the other games on this list aren't bad. As I said, it's a this is a very good list, but yeah, Hades Two just stands out as I really want to see where they go with this. It, totally, I think out of this here for me, it's between. Funnily enough, a Ubisoft game <laughs> and, and uh, Hades 2 for me. Star Wars Outlaws, what they've shown so far looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm curious to see <laughs> how, it, how it will actually turn out. I've been fooled by Ubisoft many times before getting hyped about all, all the things that they promise in the, in the, in their previews and it never really reaching those heights, but Hades mm. 2, oh, <laughs> Hades 1 definitely reached those heights. I got the Platinum for mm. Hades on PS5 this year. It spent like nearly a hundred hours doing it, <laughs> and I loved every moment of it. Hades was such an awesome game. So yeah, it's probably my most anticipated as well, Anthony. But out of this list here, what do you think the 8-bit community is most interested to see next year? Um, I honestly, just looking at the list, I think I can eliminate a few. So, okay. <laughs> I think Hellblade 2, um, some people like it, some people don't. And I think that alone puts it in a mixed category. So <laughs> I, I won't be putting that as my, my bet. Star Wars Outlaws, as you said, very promising so far. But the the Ubisoft in the room makes you go, oh, I don't know. They, they could they could do a Watchdogs on me where it's not exactly what they promised. It's still good, but it's not what they promised. Mm. Um, Dragon's Dogma Two has a lot of hype behind it. Um, people who have played that original game love it, and yeah, I'm very interested to see where that also goes. Hades Two, as we said. Um, <laughs> Hades 2 had some, yeah, has a big, big, like, hype train behind it, just the original Hades, and just seeing where that studio goes. But, yeah, for my money, if it isn't obvious, the I think the community is probably going to be looking at Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, the people who loved that game really loved it. People also loved the original Final Fantasy VII. And I think, as gamers... There is this idea of Final Fantasy VII is the JRPG. It's the it's the pinnacle of that like PlayStation era um, format for JRPGs. And to this day, some people still I think swear by it as it's the best. It's their favorite. It's the one they go back to and play. So with Rebirth, it's looking to be just an improvement on the original and 
every way except that it is a complete game <laughs> um but <laughs> but in saying that a lot of people did really like remake and if rebirth continues that trend it'll probably be an, a well-liked game as well and again i just I, it, i'm just thinking about the community here i'm trying to read the room and go what is the community like it's like the community really likes like that i feel like the community really wants to like that game and so I think that is the game that they're most hyped for, personally. <laughs> I, I, your reasoning makes total sense. I totally understand why why you would think that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, when it was announced, was massive news. And like we've got not only a new massive Square Enix RPG, which already gets a lot of eyeballs on it, but also one that pulls at your nostalgia, which is just... Nostalgia is just the opium of the masses right now. Mm. Everyone's just just digesting nostalgia constantly. We're all like Bane at the <laughs> moment with, with nostalgia pumping through our veins, <laughs> keeping us going and keeping us consuming media. But, but was that correct as far as what was the Ooh. winner? Are you ready to find out, Anthony? Lay it on me, Zach. Oh, drum roll. Oh. Fortunately, the community is correct in that they have agreed with us, Anthony. <laughs> Hades 2 is the 8-bit community's most anticipated game for 2024. I, I don't think any game can deserve it more. Hades 2, fuck yes. Yeah, baby. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope it's good. I hope so. you know, oh, I can't imagine they'll drop it, but oh, gosh. They've got a good track record. I feel like mm. every subs subsequent game they've made has been reviewed better and better. So hopefully that trend continues with Hades 2. If it's just more Hades, I'm in. I'm mm -hmm. sold. Absolutely. Oh, yes. And yeah, thanks so much, Brendan, for giving us the opportunity to present this award. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Brendan. Oh, yes. Now back to the biddies. <laughs> Hades 2. God damn. I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not because Hades 1 is very special. It's a genre that doesn't usually lend itself too well to my abilities and my interests. But uh, when I've had time with Hades or games in that roguelike genre, I've enjoyed them. I've died a lot, but I respect the goddamn hell of people that can master that craft because, oh man, it is a lot. But speaking of a lot... This last award category is for all the bickies. We're talking about the game of the year for 2023. And I thought I'd bring Australia's finest to stage to present this award. So John Opeck, come on down. Hello, humans. What's going on? It's your boy, JP, a.k.a. Australia's John Opeck. You can find me everywhere at John o himself. That just feels like the right way to introduce myself because I've done a few Hungry Gamers episodes this year. It just feels natural to jump into host mode. It's been such a good time being part of the podcast this year, and I am honored to be able to present to you the bitty for Game of the Year. And I haven't prepared anything. I thought the best way to do this would be <laughs> to be uh, authentic and unique because... We have five nominees that are all very unique from each other. 
Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and Baldur's Gate 3. We don't have any two games that present the same, and that's pretty cool, I think. It's um, been a very strong year for games. There's been a lot of discussion about that all year long, and I'm going to talk through each of the nominees here with my perspective on the experience of playing these games throughout the year. We'll start with Alan Wake 2. That's the most fresh in my memory. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do a spoiler cast, but that would have been a lot of fun because this is definitely my favorite narrative of the year from games and such an improvement on the first game, which I played only a couple of years ago, uh, introducing Saga as the second protagonist to run alongside Alan Wake. Such an interesting decision and one that definitely paid off because I think I enjoyed my time with Saga more than my time with Alan Wake. And I think what Remedy have accomplished here, the world they've built, the special moments that take place throughout this story, um, and the way they were able to interweave two separate perspectives into a cohesive storyline. I guess you could take cohesive with a grain of salt because it can be very confusing, but, you know, it works for the most part. And, um, yeah, that was just such an amazing experience. Very influenced by Resident Evil, which makes it... um, feel like a modern game in the sense of of those Resident Evil remake games being the modern take on that style of of, uh, game. And yeah, I I just really think that if the game wasn't so long, it would have been my game of the year, which takes me to my personal game of the year, which was Spider-Man 2. Honestly, it was just such a fun experience, a well-made, well-crafted, beautiful world, fun to traverse, interesting story. I enjoyed the take on two of the main villains. I won't mention them in case anyone doesn't know who's featured in this game and wants to go in completely blind. But yeah, I I did enjoy my time with Spider-Man 2 more than any other experience this year. It's just, you know, Insomniac have perfected. We thought that it was perfect in 2018 probably, but uh, they've really, truly perfected. I mean, at least the combination of having, again, two protagonists in Miles Morales and Peter Parker, and the differences between them are noticeable and fun and keep things fresh. Resident Evil 4 Remake was also in my probably top five or six games this year, and Brendan and I had a great time spoiler casting Resident Evil 4. It is, I mean, I should say it was my first time playing that game, and it felt like you know, a modern and, and brand new creation. There was nothing about it that felt dated to me. Even when the story gets kind of crazy, the tone is always on point and it seemed to be an improvement on a few of the weaker areas of the original. People often say that Resident Evil 4 is the game from, you know, that first maybe five Resident Evils that holds up the best so that they were able to take it and modernize it and make it a worthwhile experience for people who were fans of the original. Says a lot about what they're doing over at Capcom, and I look forward to any and all other remakes that they might be sending our way in the future. But yeah, throwing that one in there with Alan Wake 2 and even Dead Space Remake, it's been such an amazing year for the horror genre. Moving on to a very different game again, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. We got a sequel to Breath of the Wild, essentially, and 
it was the talk of the town and it was there were videos all over social media of all these crazy things you could do in the game i played through this game and never learned how to do any of that crazy stuff <laughs> but again from what we love about that predecessor in breath of the wild going through the shrines figuring out a way to get through it even if it's not the way that you're meant to and then realizing that there was much simpler explanation or much simpler uh, method of of achieving the goal but you know th- the fact that they created this world in which you can experiment and go off the beaten path to find a solution that works and see that actually come through to fruition is such a fun experiment of uh, of gameplay and again story-wise wasn't really moving the needle for me and I must admit I did not finish this game I got very deep into the game before I hit a pretty big difficulty spike and had to ask my nephew to come in and help me but um, I can certainly see why it's a lot of people's game of the year but the fact that that as I was saying came out it kind of blew up like it was expected to but it's been such an amazing year for games that the hype has basically kind of faded away and all the talk of the town has been about the likes of these other games that I've mentioned, particularly I I would say like Spider-Man, Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate 3, which seems to be picking up a lot of the game of the year uh, awards. You know, we saw it at the game awards and we've we've seen it in several other uh, major news sites, giving it the big tick of approval as game of the year. Uh, We'll see how 8-Bit Nation has voted. I wish I could say more about Baldur's Gate, but I haven't played it. It's something that I found very intimidating. And when it released, it was really around a period of time where there was so much to play that I haven't got around to it. But I do intend to, and I think it wouldn't be doing the game justice if we didn't bring in someone who could speak to its greatness. So I'm going to phone a friend. Let's get old bugger lugs in the call. Hey. Start interesting coming yeah. in as a coming in as a guest. It was <laughs> a, a good feeling. Brendan White, host of the Hungry Gamers. Welcome to my portion of the biddies. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well, my good friend. Thank you so much for for having me. Uh, I guess I don't know. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you can't present game of the year without having the host of the damn podcast here to talk about it. So I've talked about all the other nominees, but Baldur's Gate 3 is the one that eluded me this year. I know like, you know, you try to play a lot of games. You didn't get around to Zelda. I didn't get around to Baldur's Gate, but you can tell me what's special and unique about Baldur's Gate 3 because I was saying every other game on this list is like so unique from the other nominees I guess like Alan Wake 2 and Resident Evil 4 remake are the closest in terms of like the genre. And even those two are very different. Um, It's just such a smorgasbord of uh, experiences that we've been gifted this year by the game developer gods. Yeah, we've uh, we've been very spoilt this year, like amidst all the turmoil and firings and drama Mm -hmm. that has been running rampant in the gaming space, we've managed to have some very, very impressive titles come out across a whole host of platforms that are winning awards everywhere. 
and yeah, the, the nominees for Game of the Year for the Biddies, which is entirely community driven, which is fantastic. So uh, we're, we're getting we're getting the heartbeat, we're getting the voice of the people here to sort of shape this narrative. And yeah, Baldur's Gate three, it's my first foray into the Baldur's Gate universe, so I didn't really mm-hmm. know what to expect. I've never played a minute of it, minute of this franchise until I booted up Baldur's Gate three on my PC and. Man, I was blown away. It's just, it's unlike anything I've ever played before. It's just the the scope of this game is probably the biggest thing to take away. Like it is an absolute monster of a game where mm. there's allegedly like 17,000 different potential ending variations. <laughs> there's 174 hours of cutscenes. There's the script. It's got 2 million words worth of script in it. All the Jeez. dialogue is voiced. It is stunning. Uh, 248 different actors did motion capture. So just the the scope and the scale of BG3 is unlike anything, not only in this uh, game of the year nominated list, but I think anything that I've experienced or can recall, like I know there's studios with hundreds upon hundreds of people building out games, Mm. but like they had 400 people in their development team working on it, but then you add all these other actors and, and, and voice layers to it. And it's just insane to me like it feels like like i don't want to sort of tire it with this type of brush but it's like a a hollywood based ensemble slash uh you know army of people that made this thing happen and yet it wasn't a triple a developer or triple a publisher in the sense in comparison to a lot of these other games out there so it's got a little bit of that sort of indie underdog sheen to it but then the world just went mad with it like so many people have played this game and everybody's playthrough is unique. Like the sandbox they give you is unlike anything I've ever experienced where it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this and this quirky thing and this crazy thing and this maybe very weird thing to get from point A to point B. And then it just all plays out in real time in front of you and you go, what that happened? Like Mm. the creativity and the freedom behind this game just like I shake my head and I'm constantly in awe of the things I can do in this game. And, you know, the companions you get are fantastic. The uh, ancillary characters you meet along the way, like everybody and everything in this game is there to serve a purpose and move the plot forward in one way or another. And it's just one of the most living universes I've ever experienced in a video game. And it is like the pinnacle of RPGs for me. It is so special. Well, that's very high praise coming from you, Brendan. And uh, yeah, I think the fact that I've almost... like I heard something the other day, but until then, I've not heard a bad word said about Baldur's Gate 3. Everyone who was on the fence and picked it up, like yourself, has fallen in love with it and dedicated many, many, many hours to it. It's, it's for me, quite intimidating to, to jump in. Like you, I'm, I'm new to the series. And I said before, it released at a point of the year that I think there was quite a lot of other big titles to, to get through as well so i've given it the miss but i really will have to pick it up based mm-hmm. on all the positive feedback and praise and it's been said about other games before but this really feels like the video game equivalent of a dungeons and dragons where it's like you're whatever you can imagine you can probably do it <laughs> it sounds like yeah and, and then some like there, there is the only limitation is your mind in 98 percent <laughs> of the things you do in this game which is terrifying to think about like we've been pretty fortunate to sink our teeth into a lot of great rpgs over the years and we get some mm. freedom and some nice customization with the character creator and all that kind of stuff but there is 
some minor linearity here and there within certain things you do. But in this, it is absolutely bonkers. So yeah, JP, you got to hook it, like pick it up. Like it's on yeah. PlayStation 5, it's on Xbox, it's on PC. So depending on your flavor, and I know that you've, you've got that uh, juicy PS5 ready to roll, you can mm-hmm. get BG3 loaded up on there and uh, ring in the new year in the right way. Sounds good. Well, let's let's read out the official winner of the Biddies game of the year. I've got the envelope here. <laughs> let's have a look. And it's a very fancy envelope. The winner is good thing we spent so long talking about it. Baldur's Gate 3. Congratulations. Applause and all of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the people have spoken. Baldur's Gate 3 is our game of the year. Well done. Larian, as a testament to what you were saying, I remember an article coming out when Baldur's Gate 3 released that was other developers are like now worried that they have to raise the bar of what people are expecting yeah. from RPGs going ahead because of, of you know all the uh, possibilities that they've checked off as, as far as the content included in Baldur's Gate 3, which is kind of like silly because not every game has to attempt to do the same thing uh, not every game's tried to do what gta 5 has done and not every game's going to try and create a world like Baldur's gate 3 it's not necessary and some people don't want to spend 200 hours with every single game they pick up i know i don't exactly like there, there's a time and place for just about every title out there and yeah, imitation is definitely the, the highest form of flattery and we'll see people probably try and replicate what Baldur's gate 3 has done this year but I think, you know, take some of the things that they've done well, but then try and make it your own. Don't feel that mm-hmm. you need to reach and exceed what they're doing here because it's special and, and it's a very talented, unique group there at Larian Studios. And yeah, just, just let them do their thing and focus on what you're doing. And I think everyone's going to win because um, games are great, JP. Games are great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again for joining me, Brendan. And thanks to everyone in 8-Bit Nation who voted for game of the year in the biddies thanks to everyone who's listened and put up with me showing up from time to time uh brendan's now holding up the please wrap it up sign that he's borrowed from jeff Keeley. so i will uh bid you adieu and uh see you in 2024 8-bit nation and there you have it listeners boulder's gate is your 2023 game of the year and truth be told, it is my 2023 game of the year. It is so goddamn special. Larian Studios hit this thing not only out of the park, but out of the atmosphere. It is a game that everybody needs to play or experience at least once in their lifetime. The openness, the vastness, the unpredictability, the craziness, the heart, the drama, the happies, the sads, all of the emotions are on display in Baldur's Gate 3. And you can experience all these second by second, minute by minute, with a playthrough that is truly going to feel like your own. So yes, again, congratulations to Baldur's Gate 3 by Larian Studios for taking home ours and your 2023 Game of the Year at the 2023 Biddies. And listeners, I wanted to again say thank you for all turning up day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. You guys have always been in our corner right from the get-go eight years ago. And it's no different over the last three years with the biddies. As I said, we've seen 25% increase in participation this past year in the biddies, making it our largest biddies to date. 
and knowing that these awards and these winners are completely decided by our fantastic community, but it just means the world to us all. Not only myself and everyone here at 8-Bit, but also everyone involved in the creation of these fantastic films and television shows and video games because, yep, your opinions, they matter. Your opinions help shape the biddies and helps make the 2023 biddies our most highly participated biddies to date yes it is only the third year of the biddies but to see 2023 continue to ascend after a very rocky year in the video game space is fantastic because uh yeah it might be uh dark and stormy out there in the video game streets but here in the 8-bit nation in the 8-bit headquarters it is sunny it is warm it is comfortable and everybody is welcome but i am getting now flagged to wrap it up here because we have gone well well over time but be sure to rate review subscribe this podcast as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular because those ratings those reviews they mean the world to us they help keep the emotional lights on in mine and all of our hearts so take some time to do it it takes no time costs you no money and it's just some positive karma to pay forward so please do that if you want to throw some money our way you can do so over at our official web store, shop8bit.net or at buymeacoffee.com forward slash we are 8-bit. But until next time, 8-bit nation, it has been my absolute pleasure to bring you the 2023 Biddy Awards. Have yourself a safe and happy holidays. Much love and stay humble. I'll see you around.